Good evening, good evening. Welcome to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, Daily Wise of the B T H O. And I'm here with my man B. Yo, B, what's up? Talk to the people. Hey, how you doing, Josh? What's up, everybody out there? Hey, Josh, I really want to uh, thank you for inviting me on your podcast. You know, I've been listening to it, you know, ever since you've been doing it. You know, I really enjoy it. You know, I support my brothers and I support what they do. But it'd be hard to support you if I wasn't enjoying the product. I'd have to let you know on the side, but I really do enjoy your product, man. I want to uh, thank you for letting me be. No, no doubt. Like I said, again, this is the Know Your Role Player podcast, a podcast that emphasizes on all phases of basketball, but we do not forget about the role players and B. It's no problem. Like I said, the number one thing about this podcast I want people to know is that it is open forum. So when I say open forum, what does that mean? Anybody that knows basketball and can articulate yourself well can be on the podcast. Is that something? All right, now we're not going to take too long. We're going to have two parts of this podcast, y'all. The first part, we're going to review game one because I know that's what everybody want to talk about. And the second part, I got B to do a full breakdown on the draft, all right? So this we're going to get right into it. Now, B, talk to me. Talk to me about your immediate reaction to game one, man. My immediate reaction to game one was not necessarily the things that happened with J.R. Smith. You know, I could look past all of that, but – my immediate reaction was, and I started to text you as soon as the game was over, yeah. the blatant disrespect of LeBron James by, like, the media yeah. and just everybody in general, man. Like, they made it seem like the Cavs didn't have a chance at all. Yeah, it's, it's – it, no, go ahead. And I feel like if – on one note, you say LeBron James is the best player in the world, then how can you turn around – on the same note and say that they don't have a chance at all. Anytime you have a guy on your team with the basketball mind, like LeBron James, I mean, just physically, everything, physically, mentally, everything that he's brought to the game, his blood, sweat, tears, heart, and all of that, you got to get that guy at least a chance, man. I just felt like he was disrespected by the sports media and everybody else in general. I think I think I think it's not necessarily disrespect. I just feel like the people feel, which is a fair assessment, that the Cavs defensively and as their role players are inconsistent. Now again, LeBron will always be consistent, but LeBron got nothing to do with J.R. Smith playing dumb. He got nothing to do with Jeff Green making threes. It's things that he can't control. So if you look at the two teams, you're like, yo, if the Warriors do what they're supposed to do, they should win. But here's the problem. The Warriors this whole this whole season has been lackadaisical. They've been filling themselves. Filling yourself is cool, but they don't bring the energy. Again, they're getting killed on the glass. They're not getting the defensive rotations. And and like I said, I'm I'm not happy with the energy the Warriors are bringing because I felt like they're not respecting the game. Listen, everybody in life, we only get one or two chances to make our mark, and this the finals is your chance. When you're a kid, you're playing basketball, this is what you hope for growing up. This is it. So my thing mm-hmm. is, once you get your chance, once you get your moment, I can see the regular season. Listen, I get it. I, I get that you can't go hard for 82 games for four straight seasons. I get it. But once the playoffs started, y'all got to turn it on. And I felt like it wasn't until the overtime and until the third quarter where the Warriors played with a sense of urgency. And let's go over the score real quick. The final score to that game was 124 to 114. Now, don't let the score fool you. This game was close all game. Now, listen, we're going to talk about LeBron real quick. And then we got to talk about these role players. But like I said, LeBron is always a consistent variable. And the role players are what's not being consistent. LeBron, 48 minutes, 19 to 32, 3 of 7 from the three-point line, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and 51 points. The first time in NBA history a player has scored 51 points and lost. B, talk to me about LeBron, man. 
just just the way he approached the game, man. Just the way he approached, not just the game in general. I mean, just the way he approached game one from the opening tip off. You just felt like they had a chance, man. You felt like they had a chance. And you started to see as the game wore on that, you know, the Warriors couldn't defend him. No. It was nothing they could do to stop him. It was a lot of times when Kevin Durant was supposed to switch off and come and guard on LeBron James, and he was he was yeah. kind of hesitant. Yeah, let's stay right there real quick. Now, I understand the, the Warriors have created the switch defense, which is like anytime we have a pick and roll, we switch because we trust all five of our defenders. And I agree with that theory, but there's no way you can say Steph Curry wants you to defend LeBron. That's not fair on him. But the problem is Durant is not fighting through them screens strong enough. Durant, you got to go give him help. Like, you got to either trap LeBron or fight through the screen and make Curry switch back to uh, JR faster. Because it's not – it's a simple play. Just fight harder. And I feel like this – like, Durant let's, – let's let's get into Durant. Like, all right, let's finish with LeBron real quick. LeBron was amazing. From the opening tip, you see him for his face. Amazing. The game, he's hitting deep shots. He's getting in the paint. Listen, I keep telling people, James Harden has 1,500 more um, – fouls caught on LeBron, and I do not know how. LeBron gets fouled almost every play going to the rim, and they don't call it. So, I mean, you have to, and not to interrupt you, but it's like fouls on normal players look different than they look on LeBron James just because of his physical stature. So in order to foul him and to make it a legitimate foul, you pretty much have to do like what Draymond Green did last night. You have to slap this man in his face. You got to push him down to the ground, you know. And like I said, LeBron, I don't I honestly like I don't think he can play better than that. Like I don't think it's fair to say, hey LeBron, you gotta get sixty. Listen, you get sixty, you're not gonna make it to seven games. You just is is he he's played a hundred games a season. He's played thirty six thousand minutes. I just like I said, it ain't on LeBron. And now that we talked about LeBron, let's talk about everybody else on the Cavaliers roster. Cause, well, go ahead, go ahead, well, go ahead. Yeah, this this will lead right into that, where you really don't have to expect LeBron to score 51 points for them to be in a game like they were in last mm-hmm. night. I say LeBron could score about 35 mm-hmm. in the game because you also had Tristan Thompson last night, 20 minutes, two points, five rebounds, and he was one for four. Yeah. A lot of Tristan's points, he's not really an offensive threat, but a lot of his points come off of putbacks off of offensive rebounds. Yeah. And when you got a guy out there and he's only grabbing five boards. I'd like to apologize for the mishap. Um, you know, I'm still working this new thing. But real quick, B, we're going to get right back into it. I want to finish what you were saying about the uh, about the Cavaliers. Uh, it's just like we don't really need you, – you can't really expect or actually, you know – want LeBron to score 51 points and so they can be in the game like they were last night or even expect that because to make a long point short, it was a lot of his other teammates that we normally get production from mm-hmm. that weren't really getting production from like that, like Jordan Clarkson, uh, George Hill with seven points. He two for six from the field. Uh, Clarkson Larry- was terrible. Clarkson was two for Clark- nine, 0 for three, and not even that. You can tell when a, in a when a role player is not playing with confidence. Every shot he's running after, he doesn't have no confidence in. He's not setting his feet. I just, I, I want them to stop playing Jordan Clarkson until he gets his confidence back. I just play Rodney Hood at this point. Um, Jeff, Same here. Same here. Jeff Green, listen. Jeff Green played okay. He had five assists, seven points. But again, Jeff Green was wide open the whole game from three. You got to knock down some of these shots, man. And he, 
one down out of six. Yeah, the only way that y'all get heat off LeBron is if y'all hit these threes, and now they gotta they can't help because once they can't help is layups, layups all day, layups and dunks. But if they can help, now LeBron has to pass the shooter. So it, it worked. It works simultaneously together. Now let's talk about the Warriors yeah. for a second. Steph Curry, I believe, is the best Warriors offensive player, and I'm explain how. When Durant gets the ball. It kind of ruins the offense. When Steph get it, it's pick and roll. It's coming off the screen, coming off a pin down. How do you feel about Steph running the offense versus Durant running the offense? I think it's Steph's team, and the offense should really truthfully be run through Steph. Yeah. I mean, you want, the only reason why Kevin Durant is even on the Warriors, in my opinion, is as a security blanket for Steph in case Steph goes down. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. You have to run it through Steph. Steph's energy. <clears throat> Steph's willingness to fight through fight through screens and, you know, get to the hole, get to the basket, you know, fight his way open sometimes because a lot of the times he's the smallest player on the court and he's just got that X factor, man. He's got that heart, man. He's got those intangibles that, you know, don't st- show up on the stat sheet every night. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, uh, Steph was great. 29 points, uh, six rebounds, nine assists. He was just phenomenal. Uh, also, before he got undercut, and not, like I said, I ain't going to say it's intentional, but it ain't look good. Clay Thompson, 8 for 16, f- uh, 5 of 10 for the three-point line, 24 points. What, what do you? Who do you think for the Warriors has to play better for the Warriors? Because their starters, for the most part, play good. Now, one point I want to bring up is towards the end of the game last night, I noticed something. I noticed Clay Thompson limping. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we I really want everybody at full health and full strength, man. So there's no excuses when, it's, you know. It's, 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 it's for both teams, you just want the best product available. Like I said, I want Iguodala to play because, like I said, Iguodala makes it, it more difficult for LeBron, any other player in the NBA, not named Kawhi Leonard, because he's played this guy over 70 times. They had a segment on a jump with um, Iguodala, and he literally told you what LeBron does going left and going right. So, you know, but I just for, – for the NBA's sake, let's keep everybody healthy. Let's get everybody healthy. I don't like dirty plays. I don't want nothing nothing funny. B, you got any other points on this uh, game one? You asked me who, who needed to play better for the Warriors. Yep. Draymond Green. Absolutely. Uh, I understand you trust your shot, Draymond. You were two for five from three last he night. He some big shots at the end. Uh, some big ones at the end, but there were some when they just were leaving him out there, leaving him wide. Absolutely. The opposition doesn't trust your shot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think you should be ready to pump fake and pass it off. Yeah, or or, like I said, if you don't want to shoot, pass it and do a give and go and cut right to the rim, you know, but you just standing there chucking up these bricks, like for three years, he's had this wide open shot. And to me, I always look at an NBA player and say, yo, what are you improving on? He shouldn't be doing nothing else but working on that top of the key three-point shot. They've been giving it to him his whole career. So I don't, exactly. I don't, I don't accept 31%. Like I said, you're an NBA player. You made second team All-NBA, and you're basically making it because of your defensive passing. Hey, bro, they need you to do more. You can't accept to do everything, man. And also on top of that, with Draymond being able to pump fake and pass out of those wide open threes, that might help Kevin Durant out with his uh, shot selection because his shot selection has been deplorable. Durant has been awful. Like, he's made shots, but listen, he's that good. He'll never have like these 10, 12 point games, but he has under, he did this against Houston where he had Eric Gordon on him. And instead of squaring up, he's fading away. You don't need to fade away with a six foot three player. You square up and shoot. Exactly. He got nine of his points off of the line last night. Yeah. So, well, that's good. That's, that's good being aggressive. But like I said, 
listen, I want him to shoot because he's a shooter. But you do not have to fade away. Like, shoot square up. You only fade away on guys that confident to shoot over, man. Yeah. Like I said, now, B, exactly. how do you feel about game two? Who do you think going to win? We're going to wrap up game one. How do you, who, who do you think can come out on top of game two? I'm going to take Cleveland in game two. Mm. And a lot of people might disagree with me. But I think Cleveland feeling like they were robbed by that blocking call that was actually a charge, if you ask me. Yeah. You reviewed it and you act, they reviewed it and they actually saw what it actually was. But, I mean, that's a definitive call on the court at crunch time. Mm-hmm. You don't go back and replay something like that. Yeah, see, you the, the, the and... problem is, even if it was a block, you could only review it if it was in, if it was close to the charge circle. He was never close. So it doesn't exactly. matter whether it was a block or not. People didn't understand what Ty Lue was saying. Ty Lue wasn't saying that the call was wrong. He's saying that you couldn't review it. The only way you can review that play is if Durant does something, something malicious or if you can see if it's close. LeBron's foot wasn't nowhere near it. And like I said, they were one guy under the rim made a charge. The other guy made a block. Now, in their, in their fairness to them, they can discuss that and change the call, but they can't review it. They can they can say, hey, what did you see? What did I see? And they can change the call right there, but they can't review it. Now, before we get to game two, I, I, almost, I almost forgot him. I almost let him slide, but no, no, no. Listen, like I said, I LeBron did his thing. Kevin Love played really good. We didn't talk about him. 21 points, 13 rebounds. One of eight from the three. You got to hit his three-point shots, but Kevin Love was good. I gave K-Love a shout-out. Okay, now listen. J.R. Smith, you almost got by, man. You almost got by. Listen, listen, listen. Let's let's, let's forget the fourth quarter. Let's go to halftime with my first mistake with him. If there's five seconds left and you are playing the greatest shooter of all time, you cannot go for the steal. You can't go for the steal. You go for the steal, you give him a wide-open shot, he doesn't hit the rim. You you can't give him and put your hand up. I mean, any chance you have the lower Steph's percentages, With, that's his range right there too. Yeah, and like I said, his range, yeah, of course. But that's his range. Keep your body in front of him and get the hand up. Yeah, and and like I said. What he struggles with is IQ and situational basketball. You have to understand is forget that three. Let me contest his shot and make him make him do something that's out of his comfort zone to get him to miss because if he's just squaring up, he'll make that shot every single game. All right? Every game. Now, let's talk about the second. New York. Yeah, yeah. Knicks only needed a two, and he shot a three. He always has these little mental lapses. Yeah. JR. So, I mean, that's – that was disheartening right there. That was just oh man, he that at the end of the game, man, that was horrible. And, and, and now let's 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 talk about now listen, Steph Curry got fouled on the and one. They get the ball back. Like I said, George Hill, you have to make that free throw, number one. All right. You're an NBA player, you're a veteran, you gotta make that free throw, but it's okay, you can miss. JR, two things. Either you put the shot back up or you call timeout. Like I said, Joe, like I said, um next week, I promise y'all when this sounds it's gonna sound a little choppy. But it's going to go together smooth. And if you hear our words break, that's only because I'm trying to remote podcast. Call these people and try to get this remote co- podcast more smooth because I don't like it doing. It says you can get an hour to go, but it's trying to break us up to 10 minute segments. And I don't like that because I don't like rushing. So like yeah, I, just bear with it, people. Anything. Like I said, anything this, this is new. This is the first time I want to do this. Um, next week, Monday, I'm actually going to – next week, we're going to actually try to do the podcast in the same spot. So, we're going to knock all this out the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So, like I said, we're going to ask Brian about one person, and we're going to get this podcast right up to y'all. Y'all should get this no later than 2.30 p.m. All right, Brian, talk to me what the Sixers should do with the number 10 pick, and let's wrap it up. I mean, you got to go with Miles Bridges. I think he's going to be uh, left there for you. But uh, I, I'm really not high on this guy, man. I mean – 
probably be a future dunk contest winner, but he's got crazy hops, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy pretty much jumps out the arena. That'll bring a lot of excitement off the bench. You know, the Sixers bench needs those wings, but he really needs to be developed, man. Other than him having those crazy hops and the explosive finishing ability, man, everything else is just potential for me, man. And well, like let, this, let, let me ask you, let me ask you this: He did, he has worked in his body, and he has reportedly lost about twenty pounds. So I think he'll be better as far as switching from the one to the four. Now he is undersized, but he has a good wingspan. Let me tell you, let me ask you this: How do you feel about his jump shot? Because last year he shot about thirty-seven percent. He has a good-looking release. How do you feel about his jump shot? He needs to work on his jump shot. The release looks good, but, you know, he his jump shot needs a lot of work, man. And, I mean, we need to get a guy in there in Philly that can um, teach these guys how to help these guys work on their jump shot, man. Maybe if we can get a Kyle Korver or even if we can just, you know, hire the services of a Ray Allen because Ben Simmons needs some help with his jump shot, too. And who knows where Markel Fultz's jump shot went. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. When we talk about the Sixers and Embiid is their best shooter, and Sark is the second best shooter, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. We need our ball handlers to shoot. So, like I said, that's, go that's ahead. what our problem was in the playoffs. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, no, you but that's what our problem was in the playoffs. When you have a prolific player like Ben Simmons, but you know he's only a danger to you inside that painted area, then you know what I'm saying. That's that's what makes him easy to defend for other teams, man. Mm-hmm. That's what we, Austin made him look. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's, you can only it's Kobe Bryant to the best. You can only get so far in the NBA as a start without a jump shot, and eventually it's going to bite you in the back. So oh, I love that. I love that detail showed by Kobe Bryant. If we could just give Kobe Bryant detail a shout out. Yeah. Listen, uh, listen, listen. I want everybody to check out the Mamba detail. If you got ESPN, listen. If you don't got ESPN, it might be on YouTube. You ain't hear that from me, but just just check out. <laughs> it might be on there. But if you can't, yeah, I mean, that's if you can't afford it. But like I said, it's forty nine. Listen. Kobe, for whatever y'all think about him, as far as breaking down the game, he's probably one of my favorite people because he just gives you pure basketball. No yes. stuff, no Reggie Miller, and yes. it's just pure basketball in his purest form. Mm-hmm. So like I said, man, we're going to wrap it up. Like I said, I want to thank B again for coming to my podcast. No, nah, thank po- you, man. Yeah, like I said, I want to apologize to everybody about about the breakups. Like I said, we're doing a remote podcast next next week. We're going to do a, a um, podcast in the same location, so we don't even got to worry about this. Because right. I'm, one, I'm one take bull. I'd rather we knock a whole podcast out in 20 to 45 minutes one time instead of keep doing five-minute segments because it messes up our rhythm. So when you hear it, exactly. it's not going to sound choppy, but we're going to go from straight different points. So like I said, I want to apologize to y'all for that. But I promise y'all, I promise y'all, next week we're going to get this situated out and we're going to do a 100% full breakdown of the draft. We gave you a little intro. We're going to do a full breakdown of the draft. B, anything you want to say to the people? I mean, I just... um. I, like again, I, I thank you for letting me for letting me join your podcast. And um, people just keep listening, just keep listening. It's going to get better and better. Like my man Josh said, he's going to work these little kinks out, and it's going to run a whole lot smoother. Hopefully, I'll have a lot of opportunities to be a guest on this podcast because this podcast is something special, and I like being part of things that are special. And um, thank you for the love, and thank you for the listening. Now, be real quick, if the people wanted to reach out to you, how can they find you, man? Uh, you can get me on Instagram at the real Cuban Black. Okay, any underscores in there? Or is that straight through? Uh, straight through. Just put it straight through. Like I said, like I said, um, next week I'm going to be creating a podcast page on Instagram specifically for this page. But again, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Cashbox, Radio Public. Listen, we are this close. When I say this close, I mean an inch close to getting on Spotify 
and we're on all platforms. So like I said, I'm very happy with our progress, our numbers. I'm not going to keep you all too much longer. And again, I thank you all for getting on the podcast, B. I'm going to talk to you soon, all right? All right, buddy. All right, peace. All right, real quick, everybody. I want to apologize because this is a new thing that I want to explain to you all real quick is that there is an unlimited time between two parties on the same join. But like I said, I'm still working out the kinks with that. Like I said, now we're going to get this better moving forward. So when you hear this, it's going to it's not going to sound choppy, but it's going to go into different segments. Now, I'm going to keep these segments in order. But like I said, um, we, we pretty much uh, like I said, J.R. Smith, if you knew better, you would do better. Bring your hard hat on. Come to play game one, and that's it. Now, listen, I want to explain to y'all why I brought B on this podcast. Now, listen, we are all NBA fans. And the finals, listen, the finals is cool, but I ain't going to lie. I'm a Sixers fan. They not playing. I expect the Warriors to win. LeBron is great. But what we really want to talk about is the NBA draft. Listen, I've had B for the last two weeks scouting out your favorite players, and he's going to give y'all straight through the top 15 players that he likes best on this NBA draft. B, take it away. Okay, well, uh, this should be a pretty interesting draft here. But, uh, you know, a lot of people think um, Phoenix is going to go and take uh, Luka Doncic. But I disagree. But, you know, this isn't who I think the team should draft. This is who I think they will draft. So going number one to the Phoenix Suns, I have DeAndre Ayton, Mm. you know. You know, Phoenix has to have a good relationship with this guy. I'm pretty sure he's been thoroughly scouted, being as though he's coming Arizona and the Suns are right there in Phoenix, Arizona. You know what I'm saying? And um, this guy is, I mean, let's take the NBA back to the importance when the big men were important. Yep. You know, and I think the NBA is making a shift towards that because we got Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Gobert, Canner. Big man's coming back. I agree. Coming back, man. And, you know, this guy has a seven-foot wingspan and he's 250 pounds. Even though, even though I think he needs to get up to about 260, 275. Mm-hmm. You know, he averaged 20 and 12 in um, University of Arizona, 61% from the field. And for a big man, his size and his strength, a 34% three-point percentage. Interesting. And a 75% from the line, which could be worked on. Okay. You know, and uh, number two, I got to go with Luca. I yep. think the Sacramento Kings, they need to make that move and take him. I mean, this guy is the – he's got to be – the best Euro prospect in the history of the NBA, man. Ooh, that's a big thing. Six foot seven. Mm. Tremendous ball handling. Versatile offensively. I mean, his skill set is amazing, man. His shoot off the dribble is a thing of beauty. Moves around the pick and roll very well. Fantastic court vision. You know, but most of these European guys, they got that court vision. You know what I'm saying? But something that sets him apart is his intangibles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even though he's not very athletic and I think he's going to struggle uh, creating space from a little from the little more uh, athletic defenders out there in the league. But, I mean, the Kings got to take him. They need this. Absolutely. They need him. Absolutely. They need him. All right, so talk to me about who Atlanta should take at number three. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Jaron Jackson, man. Mm. Jersey, man. Plainfield representing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 6'11". 6'11", 7-foot wingspan, 236 pounds. Now, a lot of people might not remember his father went in undrafted and played nine years in the NBA with the the Nets, Warriors, Blazers, Sixers, Rockets, Spurs. Even won a championship in 99 with the Spurs. Mm -hmm. 
saying he's a uh, he was a serviceable veteran journey two guard. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think uh, his son is probably arguably the best defender in this draft. I mean, elite rim protecting potential man. He averaged three point two blocks a game in college in just under twenty two minutes a game, man. That's a very impressive stat, man. That just jumps off the page for me, man. It really does, man. Yeah. And I'm also impressed by his ability to guard other positions because of his quickness, man. He's got that that good lateral movement for his size, man. Not not like, you know, if, if Kawhi Leonard was seven feet tall with the lateral movement Kawhi has, this is what we'd be looking at right here, man. And mm-hmm. he's probably the best shooter out of these big guys, too. But, yeah. you know... What's his offensive ceiling, man? He averaged just 11 points in college, man. Yeah. Now, let it be, let it be. I want to ask you about a couple specific guys. I know you say on everybody. I don't want to give everybody everybody this week, but I want to ask you about a couple specific guys. Talk to me about what do you think uh, Dallas should do at number five? Oh, you got to go with Mo Bamba. Okay. Got to go with Mo Bamba. I mean, this guy, he's another one with, with a long wingspan. You know what I'm saying? Shot blocker, rebound to add weight to his frame to maximize that ability. And we still don't know what his offense is like, but on the Dallas Mavericks, you have plenty of offensive weapons out there. So you just need to get you that plug in there on defense, you know what I'm saying? And then he can go on the tutelage of Dirk Nowitzki. I know Dirk Nowitzki said he was interested in coming back and playing another year. That's a good veteran guy that you can learn a lot from. This man is a champion. He's overcome a lot of adversity. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I just feel like that's a good fit for the Dallas Mavericks and pair him along with Dennis Smith Jr. Okay, now I'm going to ask and- you about three more teams and we're going to save the rest of the people for the, uh, next week. Now, listen, talk to me about Michael Porter Jr. Listen, I think he's the best player in the draft. One, am I crazy for thinking it? And two, where's the best fit for him to go? He's got to go to my Bulls, man. He's got to go to my Bulls, man. Great shooting mechanics, man. Soft touch. He could play the two through the four, man. Uh, I like the high release off his shot, dribble and catch. Are you worried about his you know? back? Are you worried about his back? It's another thing I'm worried about. Is that injury a gift or a curse by him sliding down to number seven to Chicago? Yeah, one thing I well, want to tell people is that he, he had, I didn't mean to cut you off, but he had, a, um, he had told people he had this back injury since his freshman year in high school. So if he was able to dominate and be the number one prospect throughout high school and he finally got his back fixed, like I said, if you say, just say, hey, you know, we can redshirt your NBA season and you play your second season, you got something to go there. And you put him along yeah. with uh, uh, my man Dunn. Uh, talk to me about the rest of the ball players. I'm, I'm not forgetting them. Uh, you got Dunn. You got Zach Levine. Marketing, man, who I think is going to set the league on fire next year, man. This That kid, that kid is amazing, man. And you also have uh, Bobby Portis Jr. And uh, the thing about, the thing I like, the move that I like the Bulls made, is, you know, Miritic and Bobby Portis Jr. had that little fight, that little scuffle. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, just bear with it, people. Anything, anything worth the show can get to. I mean, you got to go with Miles Bridges. I think he's going to be the only guy that's going to be uh, left there for you. But uh, I'm really not high on this guy, man. I mean, he'd probably be a future dunk contest winner, but he's got crazy hops, man. I mean, this guy pretty much jumps out the arena. That'll bring a lot of excitement off the bench. You know, the Sixers bench needs those wings, but he really needs to be developed, man. Other than him having those crazy hops and the explosive finishing ability, man, everything else is just potential for me, man. And like this. He needs to work on his jump shot. The release looks good, but, you know, he his jump shot needs a lot of work, man. And, I mean, we need to get a guy in there in Philly that can um, teach these guys how to help these guys work on their jump shot, man. Maybe if we can get a Kyle Korver or even if we can just, you know, hire the services of a Ray Allen because Ben Simmons needs some help with his jump shot too. And who knows where Markel Fultz's jump shot went, I mean. Yeah, right. And that's that's what our problem was in the playoffs. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, but that's what our problem was in the playoffs. When you have a prolific player like Ben Simmons, but you know he's only a danger to you inside that painted area, then you know what I'm saying? That's that's what makes him easy to defend for other teams, man. That's what Boston made him look normal. Oh, I love that! I love that detail showed by Kobe Bryant. If we could just give Kobe Bryant detail a shout out, (laughs) yes. Now, thank you, man. I mean, I just um, I like again. I, I thank you for letting me for letting me join your podcast. And um, people just keep listening. Just keep listening. It's going to get better and better. Like my man Josh said, he's going to work these little kinks out, and it's going to run a whole lot smoother. Hopefully, I'll have a lot of opportunities to be a guest on this podcast because this podcast is something special. 
And I like being part of things that are special. And um, thank you for the love and thank you for the listening. Uh, you can get me on Instagram at the real Cuban Black. Uh, straight through. Just put it straight through. All right, buddy. All right, peace.